This episode of It's That Episode was taped live at the New York City PodFest, and I just want to let you know that some of the clips that we showed I condensed here on the podcast because there's no visual aid. So if you're a little confused, which I don't think you should be, that's what happened. Also, this episode of It's That Episode is sponsored by Audible.com. Go check it out. Let's start the show. It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. This show was taped in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, welcome. We did it. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment and we watch any TV show they choose. So we're not in my apartment. We're live at the NYC PodFest. Um, so pretend this is my apartment. This would be my couch. I It's a bigger couch than I have at home and it has less stains. Um, and uh, I guess my TV would be here, but then now it's going to be here. And uh, thanks so much for coming out. We also have three guests instead of one, which is going to be a kick-in. And I felt like because, um, like, you guys wasted $8 to see this when you could just listen to it in, like, a week, um, that I'd make this a little bit more enjoyable for you. So we're going to do a quick bit of audience participation. Right? Okay, so what we're going to do is... When I say how, you say are. And when you say are, I say you. And when I say you, you say doing. And when you say doing, you say how you're doing. Ready? How are you doing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Close enough. That was a failed experiment, but you guys had fun and so did I. Um, so uh, I'm going to invite our guests out now, and uh, one by one. And I, what I've done is I've uh, chose a TV show because this is a TV-based uh, uh, podcast. I picked a theme song from uh, TV shows to represent each one of my guests. Uh, so let's see if that works out. Um, my very first guest, you might know him from the improv group Death by Ruru, or as one of the writers in the writer's room of 30 Rock, please welcome Anthony Tamanek. Hi, hello. Hello. Did you recognize the theme song? Yes, it's the Soaring Trek theme song. The yeah, it's actually... The original series. It's actually the um, closing theme. Oh, was it the closing theme? Yes, because the opening theme had talking over it, so I thought that might be... That's true. You know, uh, Nichelle Nichols actually sang uh, lyrics to that song. Yes, I've, I've, uh, heard, I've heard of that. I have it. I, I, I know it starts with like, It's a star trekking across the stars. And I always... And I used to have it as a little kid, and I would imagine her sort of standing on the hood of the Enterprise... <laughs> Sort of belting it, and then I would think, but how could she survive out in space without any like space gear? Uh, and then I would sort of get depressed. And go to <laughs> so you thought she was like a hood ornament for the uh, Enterprise? I saw Uhura as a hood ornament. Now the reason I picked this is because I'm not going to say your email address, but it is based on Star Trek. It has. I have a, a Shatner. A f- uh, affinity, mm-hmm. um, and I've uh, ever since I was younger, I just found, and I think even as a kid, I found Shatner ironic, you know, ironic and bloviating and bloated and sort of. Well, he's more bloated now. He's more he's bloated now, but he was even bloated then. And so I think there was the thing I liked about him wasn't even the character of Kirk; it was just the sort of the the hapless, sort of panicked ego of William Shatner that was sort of like being pumped through the character. One of my favorite <laughs> things is my friend, I think, had a Star Trek like DVD box set and there was, a, when it came out there, I guess there was DVD interviews with them, you know, yeah. video filmed and he, I, it seems like he didn't want to talk about Star Trek and it was him with horses. Oh yeah. Just d- talking about horses. My horse, great bells of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he must have, they must have been like, can you please do something for the thing? You're like, no, not unless there's, it's only about horses. In Star Trek five, uh, no, no, is it five? No, it's the one with the, the ribbon. The, so, no, gen, Generations, I'm sorry. 
So in generations, uh, there's two things to note in generations real quick. One is to note that at the beginning of the film, when he and Scotty and um, I think it's Chekhov are on, like revisiting the new Enterprise, the lines written for Scotty and Chekhov are clearly written for McCoy and Spock, but they bailed at the end, and they just put two new characters in but didn't bother to rewrite the script. So the, the things they're saying don't gel with their characters at all. But later there's a whole scene with Picard and um, Shatner. Uh, notice Shatner always just stays Shatner, but Picard can be his character. And... Um, uh, and Shatner does a whole conversation with his horse, Great Bells of Fire. Uh, this, <laughs> none of this is a joke. And uh, he does a trot, like full, I forget what it's called. But oh, the, uh, the, the Romney's, Romney's wife. The Romney's Romney The Romney thing. Yeah, the Romney thing. He does a full, like, horse choreography thing around Picard, and that was at Shatner's request. He's like, I want to get the horse in there as much as possible. That's I love the horse. And I met him. Uh, just one last thing. I met him. <laughs> Wait, we changed the name of the show to It's That Shatner. It's That Shatner. My email is shatnertime at gmail.com. <laughs> you can email me. I don't care. All my names are Shat. So he, um, he, I've met him uh, three times in my life. Once as a kid at a convention, and he just sort of dismissed me. A second time at the Paramount Pictures um, parking, not parking lot, a uh, dining hall, where he was reading a newspaper, and I went up to him, and I was working across the street, and I went up to to approach, to like tell him I was a fan. I don't know what I was thinking. And uh, I went up and I said, Mr. Shatner, I said, you know, I don't mean to bother you while you're having lunch. And he just <laughs> looked up from the paper and said, well, then don't. And then just <laughs> went right back to the paper. And I was like, oh, God. And the last time, my friend Paul was a producer on the Tony Danza show. And uh, Shatner was coming in and he called me. He was like, Shatner's coming. Get down here immediately. So I got down there. Shatner was being escorted into the room, and he knew Paul because they were both Canadians, both French Canadians. And uh, I went into the room, and he's like, Paul's like, you know, Mr. Shatner, this is my friend Anthony. And he said, well, it was very nice to meet you. And I said, oh, I've been following your work for him. He's like, uh, for a long time. He's like, what are you, a stalker? And I was like, uh, no. And he goes, shake my hand. And he holds his hand out. And when I shook his hand, it was like those um, stress balls that you get at, like oh. the novelty thing. My hand sunk into it like a Tempur-Pedic. Oh. And it was disturbing. And he was just red. And, but he looked like someone filled the space between his fat and his skin with Cabernet. He is so disgusting. <laughs> and anyway, that's, that, there you go. Wow. That was... <laughs> yeah, give it up. <laughs> That's amazing and upsetting and terrifying. Um, our, our next guest, let's welcome. <laughs> please leave now. No, just kidding. Um, uh, please welcome to the stage. You know her from the hit web series Broad City, Alana Glazer. Yeah. Do you I yielded know the theme my song? time earlier to Anthony. So what's that? I yielded my time earlier. To oh, Anthony. so let's not just talk to you at all. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> Next, is, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, do you know that what that theme song is? Oh, we're gonna talk to me? No, I'm just kidding. I'm down. <laughs> I'm here. I'm just kidding. But I was also just joking. <laughs> um, Are you all right? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm great. Kidding. Oh yeah. Um, the theme song? Yes. Um, that was Mary Tyler Moore, right? No, wrong. That's, uh, yikes. Laverne, that and, Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> oh That's what I meant. Um, I guess I, yeah, oh yeah, it sound, that is what you meant. Um, <laughs> uh, I picked that, I guess, because. I mix those two shows up. I think they're similar. I don't know. It's like I've never... white ladies. They're funny. They're smart. Exactly. Funny I white ladies. I mixed them up. I didn't know. Um, I picked that because I guess Broad City is the modern day Laverne and Shirley, as somebody who knows almost nothing so about Laverne sweet and Shirley. And thoughtful and cute. Thank you. Uh, and by that I mean you're Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Which neither of the leads on no, Laverne and Shirley Penny were. Oh, right. Italian. Oh, my God. <laughs> she is. You're right. She's. Laverne DeFazio, guys. Damn. But, but they say Shlemiel Shlemazel just sounds it is, like I Yiddish. Because of Gary Marshall. Ah. You know who's uh, writing the checks is a Jew, but um, it's crazy that Penny Marshall is not Jewish. She's like, her voice is like Jew. 
you know? Penny Marshall herself is Jewish. Oh, yeah, but so she, and she's in it. But, oh, yes, I thought you meant the character of Laverne. No, I don't know what I was saying. Char- no, but we don't know the characters like religion. That's like an, an atomic thing, I feel. Um, do you have uh, a Lenny and Squiggy in your life? That was Laverne and Shirley, right? That's right. Um, like goofball boyfriends? Not, no. no. But do you have stalkers who live two or three life, floors or above City? you? What's that? You mean in Broad City? Not no, in, in your life. life. Oh, no, I have a boyfriend, but he's hot. <laughs> he is hot. I gotta oh. say, as a heterosexual I man, know. he I is a hot to, guy. I know, wow. I wanted to talk I to him. I met him and I was like, oh my God. I know. I was stunned by him. He is. I mean, do you have a pic- do you have a picture on your iPhone? Because I don't. Know. I fucking left my phone at home. I uh, want him to rescue me off of an ice floe. Uh, I know, I know. He I is know. right. He's also as smart as he is hot, so it's like double hot. Because smart can be hot on its own, but then with actual hotness, it's like I'm like blinded. What if you go home right after this and he breaks up with you and you're like, shit, I shouldn't have talked about it on the podcast. Oh, whatever. I'll just, like, say it on the next podcast. I'll be like, I'm so pissed because my hot boyfriend broke up with me, who's not my boyfriend And anymore. by the way, I'm really sorry I said that. I hope you don't. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I would awful. I would just be glad that I had had the experience at all. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Of having both a hot and intelligent at the yeah, same time. Yeah, and, like, having, like, you know, had relations with him <laughs> or whatever. I would be like, oh, at least I did it. Better to have whatever, you know? Whatever Better to have <laughs> loved. And lost rather than what's the name? And then, or, and then have material for the spank bank. <laughs> better to have loved and lost and have material than never to have loved at all. Right. That's or just better to have whatever. That's, that, that, <laughs> that works better too. to have whatever. That's cool. Um, all right. Let's bring out our third guest of the evening. I guess that's always going to be awkward when I introduce the next person. Um, uh, you might know him from the state or the podcast Risk. Please welcome to the stage Kevin Allison. The Jew, the Italian, and the redhead game. We all live together on Avenue A. We have the same adventures from day to day. The Jew, the Italian, and the redhead game. <laughs> Welcome, Kevin. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for being here. Um, that was uh, I. I didn't email them about their theme songs, but I emailed you about yours because I was like, I don't know you that well, and I don't want. It's majorly under wraps that I'm still gay. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Well, you heard it here. He just came out. I went so far back into the closet. <laughs> You know, I'm actually looking for a roommate right now, and I put it on Twitter and Facebook, and people are like, how about a Jew? And I'm like, oh, no, that's great, but I really am looking for a roommate. <laughs> what about an Italian? That's <laughs> cool. great. Um, that was, uh, if you, people don't know, that was from the state. That was a, uh, I, I, since I put that on, uh, downloaded that, I've had that in my head for the past, like, three or four days. Yeah, it's, uh, th- that was... That was, you know, the way that we wrote that sketch was there was a day that me, David Wayne, and Ken Marino said, hey, the three of us have never written a sketch together, so let's do it after work today. So we locked ourselves in an empty office room at MTV, and we just sat there twiddling our thumbs for like an hour, and finally someone said, what's a sketch that only the three of us could be in? And I said, uh, uh <laughs> the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay, and Eureka! That's <laughs> fucking dope. And that's it lives on. It, that's fucking baller? Yeah, and, yes. then, and then we had the pseudo Godspell ending for oh, no yeah, reason. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just ends up. <laughs> I, yes. I forgot about that because uh, I remember that's the my theme song. Part. And then it just becomes. Everybody coming out singing, it's like a freak out. Like, but my favorite part is when you guys end and you're all just breathing, like (sighs) (sighs) that classic, uh, like theater musical theater breathing too hard. Oh my god, that's good. That's a good memory in my head. The first time seeing that, being like, oh my god, I was like such a um, like comedy nerd or whatever. (laughs) We're I'm a comedy nerd as well. So when you said that you wanted to. I feel like we can transition to your clip, but when you said you wanted to play this your your clip, I'll let you introduce it. But I was super excited because it's probably one of my top my favorite uh, sketches from the state. 
So uh, why don't you why don't you introduce your your clip? Sure. Uh, this sketch uh, this sketch is called Taco Man, and the deal with it is that um, you know people in the state used to kind of joke that I was kind of like the Mel Brooks uh, in in the way that he was in on your show of shows. Because, you know, Woody Allen and Neil Simon, those guys would all bring sketches in and, and they'd get done. Mel Brooks would bring sketches in and everyone would be hysterical in the writer's room and then be like, yeah, but we can never do that. Because I would always write these sketches that were so ridiculously absurd and just people would be like, yeah, I don't know. So there was a day that me, David, and Michael Black were writing a van to another sketch and David had his laptop out, and we were just like off the top of our heads, just kind of jerking off writing this sketch. And we loved it. It was pretty much exactly the, what you see there. And we pitched it to the group, and the group would always vote, you know, as to like, would we do that or not? There were only three votes for me, David, and Mike Black. So it was shot down, and we couldn't do it. So David said, Look, one of the days when we're working on a big budget sketch that everyone's agreed with, we will just, like, hijack a mailbox, knock on someone's door, ask them if we can use their front lawn, and we'll use my little high 8 camera, and we'll shoot it ourselves. So we did, and we edited it together, and one day in the pitch meeting we said, all right, guys, how about this? And we just played them the actual sketch, and they were like, all right, fuck it, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I just like yeah. the picturing you go, how about this? Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, my God. So why don't, we ch- why don't we check it out? Hi there. Howdy. You're our mailman, right? Yes, sir. So you're the one who's been delivering tacos to us every day. How you like them? Oh, yeah, I love them. They're really, really great tacos. But I'll, I'll tell you, uh... Jake, Jake. I'll tell you, Jake. The wife and I noticed that uh, since the tacos started coming, the mail doesn't so much come as often or at all. Jake, what I'm getting at is, where's our mail? Yeah, you want to know about the mail. Here's the mail situation. I can't fit both the mail and the tacos in the bag. It's hard enough fitting the tacos. I'll level with you. These bags weren't designed for tacos. That's kind of what I'm getting at, Jake. Well, don't tell me you're having a problem with the tacos, huh? Jake. I love the tacos. Okay. They, they're maybe the best tacos I've ever had. It's just that... Well, I think if I had to choose between the tacos and the mail... I'd have to choose the mail. Okay, uh, I'm going to take a breath here. I'm afraid you might be saying something you don't quite mean. What I'm hearing is you don't want the tacos. Great tacos today, Jake. Unbelievable. Classic. I actually, I just, while we were watching that, I realized that I... I knew about that sketch before I ever saw it because my brother's four years older than me, so sort of everything that I liked as a kid sort of filtered through him, you know, like music and stuff. I remember him describing the the mailman disappearing and the and the mailbox walking away at the end before I even knew it. So it was one of those images that I sort of like knew in my mind before I knew it for yeah, real. Yeah, it, it just occurred to me now that that might have been a reference to Stand By Me, you know, when, when River Phoenix disappears oh, at the end. Right. <laughs> That's so funny. The, the only other movie that I remember, I saw, I don't know if you guys saw the last Rocky movie, I think it was just called... With the one with his son in it? Rocky Balboa, yeah, yeah. with his son, but he he's at Adrian's grave at the end. And then he like says something to Adrian's grave, and then he walks away and disappears. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, does Rocky not exist anymore? Rocky was a ghost. <laughs> he was a ghost the entire time. So, uh, what? I mean, you talked about it a little bit before, uh, but 
that must have been really tough to like write a sketch and then have how many people are in the state? Like ten or something? Eleven. Eleven yeah, people. We were like a commune practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it well, you know, it was weird because it was there was so much rivalry in the group in order to like you know, get stuff on. Um, and, you know, there were sometimes, like, little political factions that would start. Like, you know, three guys would be like, okay, I'll vote for yours if you vote for mine, that kind of Whoa. thing. Like a reality oh, show. So this is a real, real world oh, yeah. rules <laughs> challenge. Damn. Exactly. Oh, my God, allies. So, but, you know, when we look back, I, like, like, when I look back at my journals from, I, it's all just stress, 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 stress. But we had so much goddamn fun. It's ridiculous. You know, I mean, it really is like to look back and be like, wow, I've spent so much time so stressed out. But there was so much fun that was happening at the same time. And it just gives you a little perspective of, you know, that's how life generally is, you know. To keep it's almost fun. like the stress is fun. Being like, oh, my problems. Like, that's fun itself. Like, feeling yeah, important exactly. or something. Exactly. Someone wrote in about Risk, uh, my podcast, which is where people tell stories that they never thought they'd share. So they're crazy experiences. Some of them are super emotional. Some of them are super X-rated or whatever. Um, but someone wrote in, and it sounded to me like they were writing from the Midwest or something. And they said, these stories are insane, and I absolutely love hearing them, but I'm kind of glad my life is kind of boring compared to them. And I was like, okay, I can respect that, but I always feel the opposite way. You know, whenever I hear someone doing, telling a story about something crazy stupid on the show, I'm like, yeah, I should give that a try. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, that, that, that person probably keeps someone in, like, a trailer in their backyard. <laughs> Fucking tortures totally. them. Oh, yeah, tortures them, you know, tortures them daily. They've yeah. got Tyler Durden yeah. in their head. Yeah. yeah. Anybody who's like, well, my life's boring is covering up for something. They've yeah. murdered many people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were, how old were you when that was, when that show was going on? Uh, well, about 22, 23. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So we were super yeah. young. Yeah. We were, we were very spoiled. And that's another thing about, <laughs> uh, another thing about risk that I try to remind myself at all times is just keep doing it because the state, we got so big for our britches and we got so impatient. We quit MTV. We weren't fired. We quit because we were like, no, we should be on a network. And we really yeah. shot ourselves in the foot, yeah. you know? So That I was did, CBS, right? Then yeah, we did one show at CBS. And then we were too proud to just go right on back, you know? Because they were like, well, you're welcome back. And we were like, no, 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 you know? And they were offering us like five more seasons. Wow. No. That's so, yeah, we really shot was, ourselves in the foot. Was that like Jesus. a group? I mean, I feel like with 11 people, was there anybody that right. was like, fuck you, let's go back? That's was the problem. Yeah, I mean, that like would have been issue. me. A <laughs> <laughs> one-man faction. The Mel yeah. Brooks. <laughs> so everybody else was like, no, no, no. There was just this feeling of, no, we've got to, that would be moving backwards. We've got to take on something bigger. So then we had an opportunity to work with Carrie Woods, who was this producer making all these great independent movies like Kids. And we were like, well, there's also this opportunity to sign a big deal with Disney. So we went with that. Well, and you guys, when I think you, over. I think Disney. That's exactly. That's yeah, like exactly, yeah. exactly. Always, if you if you've got something, a, an opportunity with a smaller fish that's going to give you a lot of creative control. Totally, it's wiser to go with that. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That must have been like a real mind. Uh uh, fuck. Mind, yeah. Mind F. Yeah. In the, in the end, we were so hungry from Disney kind of starving us that we couldn't help but kind of break up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a... That's well, that's like a giant group. That's like a sports team. Of yeah. A group. It was a And hell that's, of a there's commitment. no one captain. So that's like tough to yeah, keep yeah. balance. It's bigger than a sports team. That's like there's a bench and a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I mean, really, because you're like voting on sketches. I just also love the, the idea that you could go and shoot something. That like think about the shit that's now shot with fucking C fives and red like people who are shooting their fucking dumb web video with like deep focus. Everything's got deep focus. Just because you can have shallow focus, everyone has shallow focus now, which generally communicates a more dramatic sort of tone. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it doesn't always behoove comedy. And like this, like like when you think about it, like what person would go and just go out and just shoot. Something and put it up and let it stand on the merit of 
of how funny it is, how well written. Oh, it is. absolutely! Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. is about the fucking packaging and the wrapping. Well, that's the, the uh, bullshit. <laughs> fuck. Okay, he's leaving. He's leaving. <laughs> he's out of here. Um, he's gonna look up some Shatner info. Shatner got some Shatner. I don't know what to talk about now. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, it is amazing. When I was watching that uh, in a nice way, it was like this could be a staged sketch too. Like it's totally. just, it's just so simple and like straight, like. It's just right on the page. It's just so fucking funny. It's that great. story is almost like of like how the sketch got to TV is almost like a, I don't even know what to say fable or something. It's like such a symbol of like don't wait like don't wait for somebody to tell you to do something. Just fucking do it and be like yeah, yeah this is yeah, present. That's true. That's it's true. Like, and the internet gives us the 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 leverage to do that more and more. Yeah. And like the impetus. It's like oh I fucking should. Yeah, you know? it's the 21st century printing press, folks. 2013, yeah. everybody. <laughs> oh, there you go. The in- you guys know about the internet. Okay. You guys, have you guys heard of the internet? We're all. You guys know about the internet? <laughs> all right. I see Very two cool. people. Young two, crowd. Two people are shaking their heads now. Oh. Um, uh, oh, my fiance on the way here was saying that she and. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, getting married. <laughs> Ooh. That's freaky. Um, but she was saying that after high school, she because of this sketch, they put uh, tacos in their art teacher's mailbox. And, oh, that's awesome. And then she said to him, they were like friends. It wasn't like, we hate you. And they he's like, they, what's that? <laughs> yeah. And they fucked. I'm just Oh, yeah. They had sex a lot. Um, that's not sorry. true. I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. I'm, I'm so, so, I'm so, so <laughs> sorry. You get an A sorry, plus man. for those tacos in my mailbox. Um, tacos is a euphemism for vaginas. So oh, yeah. So really well, this is getting weirder and weirder as we talk about it. And um, I'm sorry. Let's just let that silence sit. <laughs> no, and uh, and uh, she said to him, "Is like, did you get the tacos in the mailbox?" And he's like, "Yeah, it tasted great." And he, he, he ate the taco. He sounds hot. That's awesome. Um, so you inspired that, and your your van ride and laptop, which I didn't know laptops existed in the early, very way early nineties, but yeah, laptop. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, laptops. Some sort of early, early model, I guess. It's like a suitcase. <laughs> They've been around since about 1986. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm going to quickly break in and talk about our sponsor, Audible.com. Go to audible.com backslash Craig Rowan. That's C-R-A-I-G-R-O-W-I-N for a free audiobook. There are over 100,000 audiobooks to choose from. I looked up William Shatner because we talked about him a bunch during this live show. He has like a hundred books. There's Shatner Rules, Your Key to Understanding the Shatnerverse and the World at Large by William Shatner and Chris Regan, narrated by William Shatner. Up till now, The Autobiography by William Shatner and David Fisher, narrated by William Shatner. Star Trek, The Return by William Shatner, narrated by William Shatner. Star Trek, The Ashes of Eden by William Shatner, narrated by William Shatner. There are so many, you just gotta check them out, or you don't. And you can get another type of book. But there are a lot of Shatner books. Let's get back into it. Alana, do you want to introduce uh, your clip? Um, sure. I don't have clips from being on TV. So my clip is of Oprah. Um, that's like a logical statement to me. Um, <laughs> so I don't if it's know. Not about, if anything's not about you, it's about Oprah. Baby, that's 100%. Um, okay, so this clip is from Oprah hosting SNL when she was like, when her show was still like a, gosh, I don't even know his name, Hugh Humphrey, I don't even know what the name, Sally Jesse Raphael, the man that looks like Sally Jesse Raphael, white hair. Phil Donahue? Phil Donahue. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Hugh. Hugh. Hugh, Hugh Humphrey. Like, Hubert Humphreys is a basketball player. <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Phil Donahue, the father of modern talk television. <laughs> you're now going to be forever now in the this episode. You're going to be the guy who makes everybody feel stupid. <laughs> Married to Marlo Thomas of feel, that girl fame. I do feel really dumb that I don't know those facts. I feel so dumb. <laughs> I don't know everything about Phil Donahue. I'm sorry. But I like that I'm he was the man shit. who looks like Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> oh, man. But when, okay, when Oprah, this is really important and serious, when Oprah um, was still like of that 
Jenny Jones of that level. She like hosted SNL. She was like coming up and she's like a hot bitch on this clip. First of all, she's like cute and like I think sexy and she's like so funny. Oh, and also as I was like, when I sent you the clip, we were talking about how, um, it's like really like racial, but like in a really funny way. Well, I mean, you'll see, but it's like really interesting. They get like Lauren on screen, which is special. And she's just like good. She's like a baller in this. She's like hot and huh. cool. What I love year her. Is it? I think 86. I think 86, yeah. The year the laptop came out. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Oprah? Yes, Lauren. They told me in wardrobe that you haven't tried on your Aunt Jemima costume. That's right. Well, don't you think you should try it on soon? I mean, it's your first sketch. I'm not doing it. Really? I think it's a very, very funny sketch. Like I said, I don't do Aunt Jemima. And furthermore, I'm not doing the maid sketch. I'm not doing the Br'er Rabbit sketch. And you can just forget about me in the Refrigerator Perry sketch. Oprah! Gee. Here, here's your coffee you wanted, Mr. Long. Thanks, Anitra. Denitra, you're black. Yes, Mr. Long. Maybe you could help me out. Yes, Mr. Long. For some reason, Oprah won't do anything I say. Yes, Mr. Long. Denitra, what do you think I should do? Peter. <laughs> Oprah. SNL would never admit how like incredibly white it is now, you know, like or like in such a way. Like, I don't that think that is they're... fucking crazy. Well, the it's funny. Of, c- c- yeah, go ahead. I mean, you know, like the re- level of like racial confrontation. It's like, oh my god, and like because it just like is so hot. It was like I think that's like a not sexy, like arousing, but sexy as in like boom. That shit was like. Ready to go. That's like such a funny sketch. And like coming out with Lauren with the black guy, that's fucking hysterical. Yeah, it's pretty crazy because I feel like when race is in sketch comedy now, a lot of times it's like, well, black's different than white or like black, like black's urban. Like it feels, this is like race, like this, race. It, this isn't like hipster racism. This is like yeah. straight up racial, a racial sketch. Well, Oprah is, probably opened it up a little bit too because uh, she's and doesn't doing she color look good? purple at the time. She's yeah. like 30 years she, old yeah, at that yeah, time. Yeah, I was wondering. And, and who is, who is the person playing the... Ellen Cleghorn? No, no, no. You're racist. <laughs> you're a racist. That's, that's why you think it's Ellen Cleghorn, but I don't know who it is. Because she was hilarious too. Yeah, yeah. She was very funny. And like, yeah. I mean, it's just... Um, I don't know who she was. Cleghorn? Leghorn? Yeah, it was Cleghorn. <laughs> Leghorn. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't recognize her. I guess she sort of didn't uh, keep going on SNL. Or, but, but this is also a weird year because I think this is 86 was the year that uh, Lauren Michaels came back. From Kids in the Hall? Um, no, that was, in the, that was in the early 90s. This was uh, like he left in after the, se- the fifth, se- yes. fifth season and then it was taken over by uh, like Dick Ebersol for a little Dick while. Dick Ebersol right? and Jane. You know, Denamian yeah, something, yeah. and it was sort of a disaster. So this was their like return to form, yes. and uh, but it's so funny. First of all, seeing Lauren in it because he's, he's uh, like as if I know Lauren Michaels. Why does <laughs> well, he does look much I think older I said now? First name also, and it's just whatever. We're all talking yeah. about the same. Well, I saw him at the Thirty Rock rap party, and I oh can tell you, shit, bitch! <laughs> I can tell you um, that he's much rounder uh-huh. in Been the face. There? Yeah, oh, much rounder pretty, um, in the face, and uh, just more of a blob of sort of gray into gray skin. You know, you describe old white dudes in the way that I perceive them. Like, you you describe it in a disgusting way that I agree <laughs> that I, Like Shatner, I was like, that's exactly... Oh, oh that was yeah. genius. If you're white and listening to this or in the audience and you let your shit go, you are just a human You're gross. Turd. You're, fucking you're just gross. a gross fucking, like, dog, white dog turd. <laughs> 
views on race. <laughs> you know what I do. If you're white and you're you're a white doctor, <laughs> you got to keep your shit tight. You if you're white, you got to keep it together. Yeah, I people mean, who are like Asian and black people, they're like twenty until they're like yeah, sixty. That's right. Yeah. White people, I'm like forty five right now, yeah. and I'm like actually twenty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's just it. That, hey, that's true. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting to see Oprah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what when I when you see her now, I feel like uh, I don't know anything really about her except oh, for I her know. godly yeah, like yeah, quality. Yeah. So I know here she is so accessible, and the um she does like her monologue is like stand up jokes. It's hysterical. She's talking about I went to the Oscars for the first time, and I like had to lie down and have someone zip me up. Uh, she's hysterical in it, and she's like, I mean, I, I think she's fucking sexy. I think this. that's the same Oprah you see today. I think that Oprah's just as accessible. And successful. I don't know. I think well, she's, I more, she's successful more successful and, and less accessible. I think she's like a billionaire and she's like, I just, I have no idea what she's like to like chill with. I think she's fun. Oh, I'm sure she's fun. I'm sure she's dope, are, but like, I can't feel it. Wait, but are, here you can feel are it. Are you a big Oprah fan? You know, I have a problem with the fact that she took out Phil Donahue a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And Hugh Rump. I really do. I'm a Donahue guy. I think her two part, his two, Phil Donahue's two part interview of Anne Rand is one of the most compelling pieces of television I've ever but seen. But you're joking right now, right? I'm not. I've watched it on YouTube okay. over and over again. Okay. Uh, wow. I think Phil Donahue is, and so I do have a little bit of resentment there. But I understood what she she did and accomplished so I do appreciate her I can't believe you're for real right now yeah I'm hyper serious truly about resentful that. fight I am fight. resentful fight. about fight. it I am Phil Donahue he did Just something elbow drop on his he, like dick that'd be so rude you can elbow my dick um it uh <laughs> Sally Jesse just interesting point of order um Sally Jesse Raphael started out legitimate, very legitimate, had a very ah, legitimate show, and then it, um, and then it just totally uh, uh, Jerry Springered out. Now, when you say that she took out Phil Donahue, do you think uh, like as a calculated thing, or like, no. as, or she just her popularity? Her popularity surged, and she did. But it's like, of, sorry, bitch. Like well, Phil Donahue can't keep his shit together. Phil, she like yeah, beat him out fair and square. White turd. Yeah, <laughs> he was an old. She white like. Turd. It's not like she like. She like. Like shoved him out because she was more awesome. No, she was taking Phil's model and building on it, and she so did the legit. right thing. Yeah, she brought Phil on to her show, and she showed the respect to I Phil. I didn't know that. That an old white man deserves. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! What? She just interviewed him. Was she like, how does it feel to be taken out? Did they talk about their? No. I think they just talked about talk shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anthony, you wanna you wanna get to your uh, your clip? Yeah, I'm uh, very excited about this. this. Sort of blew my mind a little bit when you said it. Oh, it's yeah. an amazing. Well, I would say I thought about. I was like, well, what am I going to show myself sitting at a table for ten seconds? So I was like, I'm not going to show a clip of myself on television because <laughs> it's just pointless. So then I said, okay, use, useless career. What should I do next? Um, <laughs> I uh, used to watch Murder, She Wrote with my grandmother every Saturday night. I mean, every Sunday night uh, <laughs> until she died. Uh, and uh, and she died. We She died watching it. We no. finished an episode and I checked her breath. No. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Where'd you go up? It was the series finale. and she, it, was, <laughs> it was the series finale and right at the end. My grandmother always used to turn to me during the show and usually during like a key piece of evidence in the show and go, don't you think I look like her? And I'd be like, shut up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm as beautiful as she is. It's like, oh, t- take a fucking chill pill, Tilly. And, um, is she a Tamanek? No, no, Tilly Yanetti. Thelma Yanetti, but her nickname was Tilly. So, uh, and, yeah, Italian. God, God bless her. She was a Jew. Oh, like You're Laverne Italian and Shirley. Jew? She used to watch television. If there was a documentary with Hitler on it, she'd go, Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I was like, That's the most you can muster. It's sort of like, Oh, Hitler, you got us again. <laughs> oh, so, my God. <laughs> she was the best. So, so, Recently, my friend Neil Casey and I, recently, like 
six years ago started watching Murder, She Wrote on Netflix. And this is when you ordered them by disc. We actually went to Best Buy and bought third season box sets. Oh, my God. And we would get ripping high and watch them because they're fucking insane. And there's this thing that it's like almost like old people propaganda. Like Jessica's like a go-getter and she's like all we got together. But all the other old women in the show are always like, I can't get out of bed. I don't know where I am. And like she's like living their lives like through her there's a whole weird world that's going on in murder she wrote if you watch the series which is 12 seasons five times over which i have done i can and i almost brought you a legend of borby i actually turned to neil last night and said i almost brought them the gene episode he goes legend of borby house i go yeah that's how deep into fucking murder she wrote i am how many episodes per season uh, 22, 23. Oh, my God. Plus the three special movies. But this is from... <laughs> <laughs> this is from the last season when Murder, She Wrote went from typewriter to computer, and they were trying to introduce the computer to old people, and I think I just want to let the rest of the you clip have, speak yeah. for itself. Get them packaged Michael, I'm so excited to be part of this new frontier with you. It's your words and imagination that has brought it to life, Jessica. <laughs> Well, here we go. Oh, Michael, it's breathtaking. The realism is incredible. Oh, good evening. Welcome to Hastings Rock. I trust you will find your stay here. Intriguing. Oh, Jeremy Hastings is perfect, exactly as I wrote it. What about the setting and ambiance? Just as I imagined them. I feel as if I were inside Hastings Manor. Well, that's the idea. We don't call this virtual reality for nothing. Perfect are working. There's a full wrap around the peripheral. So there's six tactile electrodes. Everything on the My compliments, Michael James, everyone. It's amazing. Why, thank you, Jessica. Please, go on. Excuse me, Mr. Salisbury is waiting in the Have I done something wrong? No. Alex, are you picking up anything? Uh, no, sir. The glitch is in the program. I tried to tell you that, but... Hold it, Alex, please. Jessica, there seems to be a problem in programming. Turn away and try again. Let's just pray it doesn't cost us any money. Relax, David. We're almost there. All right, that's good, that's good, that's good. You can uh, turn off the clip. <laughs> yeah, that's only the VR part. You have part. to be the dad about the murder she wrote clip. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. All right, that's Please. enough. We had enough murder she wrote for the night. You should go to sleep now. That is on my, do my, my, one of my favorite things is that she gains points for nothing. Touching people. <laughs> like, yeah. she oh, touches the door and she gets 500 points. Yeah. The point, the point award system is ridiculous. The hand is clearly a, a mannequin hand because you see the edge of it twice. Because it's just pixelated imagery. It's amazing. Oh, for those listeners who are listening on a podcast, that she was in virtual reality uh, in a in a murder, game that- a killing at Hastings Rock, which was a short story that Angela wrote. I mean, Jessica wrote. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I sorry like about that. Life. I also like how uh, it's like NASA. Like, how many people does it take <laughs> to make a video game? <laughs> it was like a parody for the future for us to enjoy as a comedy. It like yeah. it, that was like made for us to laugh at. They were like pager zooming on the fucking like pink pager. That was hysterical. The pager must have been a plot point or something, right? Well, this is my favorite thing about this is also the fact that you get everything that's quintessential about Murder, She Wrote in this clip, which is the setting up of every resentment and every piece of evidence that's going to be needed later on in the show is all set up in that, like, three minutes. Everything you need, and of course, you know, something's recorded on the pager and she realizes it and all that. But my favorite is when... 
the hors d'oeuvres come forward and it like stutters and then it cuts to her and it's not in time and she like backs up way yeah. too far. Like like somehow someone double presenting hors d'oeuvres to her would be so horrifying. <laughs> this is a woman who just sees death on a regular basis. And this this was the thing that fucking took her out. <laughs> it also reminded me of like the, those games, those virtual reality games in the early 90s were like really shitty. I remember I bought like a computer game where it was like 3D simulation and I played for 10 minutes not be able to figure it out and then like never use it again. Oh, it was all, all yeah. Oh, it was terrible. And that was like, that was the future back then. And now look look at how much smarter, oh, yeah. smarter we are now. And think old people were watching that and old old people elderly people in 1995 that was like, she's doing things we'll never get to do. <laughs> like, there's just such a, oh, like, you just know so there's just people no. in nursing homes going, she's living for us. Like, it's just so fucking oh, sad. God. <laughs> oh, God. I was, like, really trying to do math for, like, ten minutes there, and I think you've watched 1350. 1,350 murders she wrote. I have. And I love it. The joy it fucking gives me is to no end. You're sick. You're fucking sick. The insanity. There is one episode that's called Buds that is a friend's – it's a murder on a friend's set, on the set of a friend-style television show. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And it is – Without a doubt, one of the best pieces of TV. Who's the um, attractive glasses white man that was in it? What's his Kevin name? Sorbo? Kevin Sorbo? Hercules? No, he Sorbo was good. Hercules. He was the non-glasses one. No, no. This no, guy he, I glasses. think it was Kevin glasses. Sorbo. He has glasses. Oh, Sorbo had the glasses? I think he had the glasses and a headpiece. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like TV. Yeah. There was another guy. Syndication actors. Yes. The we call him Cindy Aches. Cindy Aches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was Industry. that was like a classic mid '90s show, like that. Damn, thing. and Angela Lansbury—they're like working so hard to like really like give her a sexy sort oh, of yeah, skin. Oh yeah, yeah, she was savvy. Yeah, damn, she was savvy. Oh, she was really sexualized. Almost, I would say at least two thirds of the episodes, there is a man about twenty years younger than her. That's like, oh, yeah. Jessica, oh, and she's like, oh, yeah. get out of my room! Like oh, it's come on. like. It's, That's annoying. It's amazing the lie. And then she does have, I think, a sexual encounter in one of them. Oh, yeah, with boy. who? Uh, with another elderly gentleman. Uh, what a <laughs> season and episode number? Uh, <laughs> it's a New York one. I know that. Oh, I think yeah. it's one about someone who's a shut-in in their apartment. Wait, she's she's Ew. still alive, right? She, she is alive and still doing uh, Broadway theater, and it's my uh, dream uh, to both meet her and then kill someone in front of her so she can solve the <laughs> I think we can get you to achieve that goal. Um, all right, I'm going to show uh, a clip now. Um, this is um, a show that was only on for one season, 11 episodes uh, in, I think, 1990, and it was a Stephen Bochco production. And I had sort of never heard of it, uh, but I think it's like a no- notoriously one of the worst TV shows uh, like TV Guide sort of named it one of the top 48 oh uh, worst shows ever. That's awesome. And uh, it's called Cop Rock. Oh, and uh, I had just never che- seen it, so I, I checked out some clips, and I thought this was notable also because it has Cheryl Crow in it. Oh, so, God, <laughs> let's, let's yeah, that out. is awesome. Now, you'll enter the campus in pairs from different directions. You'll walk together, you'll talk together, and then at points A, B, and C, you'll peel off into singles. Now, the Rape Center has shared with you the details of his M.O., and you've seen the pictures. Therefore, you know that the suspect carries a straight-edged razor and is inclined to use it. I don't need to tell you not to take any unnecessary risks. But if we do this thing right, we should never get that far. Now, there has been a car assigned to each of you. If you follow the prescribed paths, backup should never be more than 70 yards away. Tonight's the reason why radios were invented, so let's use them. Okay. Did I leave anything out? No. I want this one, people. What a guy, huh? I want to do some damage to this one. Yeah, can you spell police brutality? I don't have to do more than spell it. There's someone out there lurking in the shadows looking for an easy prey. He's just a squirrel waiting for a pretty girl. He wants to have his way.
Wow, right? Wow. God, I just, I love that it's about capturing a rapist, and they're like, and one of the lyrics is, hey, mister, you're getting on my nerves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They really made rape, like, really sexy. I know. Yeah, yeah, they were very, it's like a lot of BDSM to, like, the handcuffs, like, come and get this. Putting a gun on her thigh, (laughs) and then singing about cornering someone in the parking lot. (laughs) That was so mixed message. Stupid. Yeah, it just seems like such a major miscalculation that you wonder, like, what the fuck? Because I was thinking, I was like, well, that is such a stupid idea. But then I was like, oh, well, Glee is like the same thing, but it's in high school. Like, you're not talking about like hard criminals. Well, I remember when it came out, there was all this talk about like it's gonna be hot. (laughs) They were like, because people love cop shows and they like music. Yeah, well, that was so fucking. Yeah, that was the buzz. I was living in L.A. At the time, and that was the buzz. Was that this fucking show? Come on, It's going to be huge. But yeah. It's going to be hot. The guy who created he created L.A. Law. He ended up creating NYPD Blue. So he's like, yeah, he knows cop shows, but does he know musicals? I'm trying to like hear the pitch. They're like, they're like, okay, so it's like a cop show like I've done before, but this time it's like a rock opera, but a 22 minute. Like that's a, just a great I, I have a feeling it might have been an hour. It was an Please. hour show. It was an hour yeah. show. And really, that's basically, gross. what they did was they just filled the time they normally would walk and talk. They just filled it with singing from one place <laughs> to the other. So it was really gross. Yeah, I feel really like I feel like chilled out. every TV show should take on one episode where it's a musical. That's true. Yeah, see? Something that should be done. But not the whole, that was the whole thing, right? That was the whole, every episode, there were like four or five original songs. Was it the, was it always the women's? Was that? Was it always the women singing? No, I watched another one where it was like, uh, a guy just original. singing to like uh, the all the other police officers about like parking tickets or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, it was anybody singing. That Criminal was so singing. fucking dumb. That was so stupid. I'm just like moved by how dumb that was. <laughs> they were like, like at no, there was no call for it in yeah. the locker room that moment. And the guy pumping like, iron in the room. Oh, oh the cops God. fuck each other, and then they like kill the rapists or something. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 and the other weird thing is that I don't know if you saw the, but I ripped that from YouTube, but it has like a VH1 marathon thing. It's like <laughs> they were showing a marathon. VH1 was doing an ironic marathon. Yeah, like, that's so, so weird. What, 11 episodes they made? Yeah, 11. Unfucking believable. Unreal. Wow. Unbelievable. 11 episodes. I don't know how much that cost, and then also due to inflation, how much that would be, how much money would be wasted on that today. Eight zillion dollars. It would never be, yeah. Yeah, I don't, but, but at the same time, I feel like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one was Cheryl Crow? Oh, she was oh, the. Yeah, uh, see, she's like the blonde, with the big hair, yeah, blonde yeah, yeah. curly hair. Wait, she was the blonde curly hair. Yeah. What was the one with the purple sweater on? It looked like she had like five nine layers on. <laughs> <laughs> like she wasn't heavy. She just had like tons of layers going on. That's that's how it was in ninety. Yeah, the nineties was, was all about layers. 90s, that was, what year was that? That was four years after the laptop was invented. <laughs> yeah, right. That was nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety, wasn't it? Nineteen ninety. Oh God, whoops. You. <laughs> you, you. Uh, now, now who's on the other side of it? Fuck. Yeah. How does it, does it feel? Um, cool. Well, I think uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up now. Let's all say that was uh, so fun. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. Why don't you each say one word um, to to wrap it up? Just one word each. I don't know why not. One word. Yeah. Just why don't you say Pike. That? Pike. Shoot, I was gonna say trout. <laughs> trout. <laughs> Flounder and uh, bass. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Have a great day. Hi, trout, flounder, bass. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks again to my amazing guests, Anthony Atamanik, Alana Glazer, and Kevin Allison. If you're a fan of the podcast, give a review on iTunes. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Craig Rowan, and go to the new Facebook page. It's that episode podcast. And like it. I'll have some special features up there. All right. Thanks a lot for listening. I'll see you next week. Have a great night. And an awesome tomorrow. I forget my sign-off thing. Adios, amigos. (laughs) 